All right, good morning, everybody. It is good to be up here with you today. And uh, today we are getting back into our series called The Followers. And uh, as we're looking at that, we're looking into all the, these lives of these different people who are followers of Jesus. And we've been pretty much looking at people who are actually part of the 12 disciples so far. And, and so what's going to be a little bit different today is that we're looking at someone who's not one of those 12. This series isn't a series on the 12 disciples. It's called The Followers. There were all sorts of different people that were following Jesus, and uh, some uh, have longer stories in the scriptures, and some have shorter ones. And today, we're actually uh, having the chance to look into a shorter one, about eight verses, all about this guy who was a leper. And uh, this, this story of this leper, and it's this leper that was thankful, this leper that returned and turned back to Jesus and uh, so I want us to, to look into the scriptures, and if you got your Bibles, turn to Luke 17. And if you don't have a Bible, there's one right in front of you, and uh, on that little rack there. And Luke 17 is on page 62 of the New Testament, which is, they start the numbers over in these little Bibles for some reason around the second half, okay? So page 62 over there, you can find Luke 17, and uh, we're going to look at 11 to 19, and uh, so I want you to, to be able to read along, but if you don't have a Bible, you're not there, I really just want you to, to just prepare yourselves to listen to this short but impactful story, I believe. So Luke 17, 11 to 19, we'll just read this, this whole little thing right now. It says, while he, Jesus, while Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he'd been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. All right, so we're, we're looking at this story. You've got these ten lepers who come up and it says they stood at a distance. and they were, they were shouting out because part of this whole thing, the reason that they're standing at a distance and shouting out is because... They were not allowed to go and be close to people. They were supposed to stay on the outskirts, outside of town. And even when they were coming up to someone, even as they're walking along, they're supposed to keep their distance. So they're shouting out to Jesus, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. And, and that's the thing with this leprosy. It was not just a, a physical disease that was, that was, you know, just totally destroying their bodies. But it also had this social aspect, even this... This uh, kind of religious aspect. They weren't allowed to go into worship. They had to be outside and like, all of their friends and family couldn't be near them. So it was a very difficult, difficult time. They were considered unclean in that culture. And so these guys, they, they come up and they, they shout out, have mercy on us. And you see what takes place where as they're going, then they're cleansed and this one turns back. Now, I want to do something a, a little bit different in the way that we read the scriptures. Even if you do have a Bible, I'd say, hey, just, I mean, you can keep your finger there in it. But 
but close it for a second. And I want you, we're going to read it again a couple more times. And I want you just to be able to listen to it. But this first time that we read it, I want you to place yourselves, like imagine that you are one of those nine that don't turn back. Okay, so imagine that that's you, one of those nine, and and kind of see what they see, say what they say, hear what they hear. Kind of place yourself in that moment. All right, here we go. Okay, so if you got to close your eyes, if it's helpful, do it. While Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, "Jesus, Master." Have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he'd been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. All right. So hopefully you've seen that from that perspective. Now I want to do it one more time. It's a little different, I know. But I'm going to do this one more time, and I want you to place yourself into the role of the one that returned, that one thankful leper that, that turned back, okay? Again, see what he sees, say what he says, all right? Uh, feel what he feels, hear what he hears. Here we go. While Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them when he saw that he'd been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Okay. So hopefully even that kind of helps you to be able to get a little bit into this story, a little bit uh, beyond just hearing it, reading it, but kind of feeling it, seeing it, understanding what takes place here for this guy, this, this leper, this person that had been so ostracized from society and was suffering a, a painful disease and is healed by God. And it's, it's amazing that he comes back. And that he thanks God. He has this heart that is thankful. But then what's going on with these other nine, right? What's the deal with these guys? Why do they not stop and give thanks to God? Well, I think that's uh, how I want to frame today is I want to ask us some questions that we would probably ask about these people, right, in this story. But ask them for ourselves and dig into that, what's going on in that for us. And so that first question for us is why do we not stop and give thanks to God for the things in our lives, right? That, that miracles are happening. Miracles are happening all the time. We hear these stories of people that are healed of things. We hear stories of people who have, 
just been given great victory by God over huge hurts in their life or addictions or abuse or whatever kind of trials that people have gone through. And, and, and you see just overcoming, stories of God overcoming and then people then overcoming through the power of God. And these awesome miracles are happening or just the blessings that we have in our lives. And, and why do we not stop and give thanks to God, I just think about simple blessings, right? This, the, the breath that we have to breathe. The fact I, I recently, we traveled down to Mexico with our family to do some missions work. And, and the fact that that airplane, as we were flying, the fact that that airplane stayed in the air is a blessing, right? Like, it's just incredible. You know, I'm, I'm kind of astonished by it every time it happens. But those sorts of things, like my home, uh, uh, like my salvation, Right? Especially our salvation, these blessings that we've been given by God. And we have to stop and give thanks for those sorts of things. And I think that when we think about, like, especially this huge gift of our salvation, I think that we believe theologically that we are sinners. We know that. We have this sort of head knowledge about the fact that we are sinners. But often, we don't really believe that, that we are just, that we are sinners that need real saving work to happen in our lives. Now, many of you maybe do, but sometimes I think we just sort of take that for granted, right? That we have junk in our lives that needs real saving sort of work. And, and I think that as I, as I look at these, these nine, these nine that, that are going, you know, that just kept going towards the temple, you think like, man, did they, did they realize what had happened in their lives in that moment? Why didn't they go back and just say thank you to Jesus? Now, what it implies to me, too, is the fact that they were going to the temple to go to the priests, to uh, show themselves to the priests. The reason that this is all happening, okay, is, is they're going to basically get their kind of welcome back to society card, welcome back to worship. Like, okay, you've got your I've been healed badge now. I'm no longer unclean. I'm allowed to, to enter back into society and enter back into that religious life. And so they must have been Jewish people that believed in that, right, to go and, and need to do that. But then this guy was a Samaritan, it says. And so maybe... You know, he didn't have that same belief. And as he turns back, he's, he's not as concerned about the whole get back into to worship card. But I think maybe these guys are so focused on their religion that they forgot about God. You know, it's interesting. I think that that can happen for us. That when we get so focused on religious practice, we forget about why we are doing that. The God that we believe in, the God that has changed us, the God that has saved us, and we're, we're focusing in on our behavior and all of these things, but we forget to thank God for the blessings that he's given us. And I, I want to look a little bit into like some more reasons why I think maybe these nine didn't turn back. I think the biggest one I would just say is that like this sense of just wanting that, right, wanting that car, like maybe they're so self-focused, they just want to get that permission, get to the priest's. I mean, it's, I don't blame them for wanting that, right? Like, I don't blame them for wanting to get that. It's just a, a horrible situation their life has been for so long. But, man, just, if they just could take out that moment to stop thinking about what they could get and to stop and to thank Jesus for what he has done for them. Maybe they felt like they deserved it, you know? Maybe they felt like they were good people that were doing the right things and, they thought that, like, that's what God's supposed to do. He should have healed me. And they just kept going. I don't know if you ever feel that way. 
you just feel like the good things that happened to you, you, you deserved it? Did they not want to be that weird emotional person? You know, <laughs> that person that's like really reacting big. And so I think there's a lot of us that sometimes think that way, right? Where somebody's like, you know, expressing themselves in a, in a really big way. And he was, right? I mean, it's this loud voice falling on his face. And, and maybe for them, they're just thinking like, whoa, I don't know. Okay, just kind of chill. Like keep it, you know, keep it calm. But like they don't want to be that emotionally expressive person. I was talking to somebody that said, uh, they, they like to be able to cry at church. Something they like to be able to do is just as they're worshiping, just to be able to cry because they're so just uh, like the emotions have welled up in them of how God has worked in their lives. And that's just, they said, I like to be able to cry at church. But then you know what they said? They said, I don't like to cry at Calvary. I don't feel comfortable doing it there. So every once in a while I go somewhere else where I can cry. And I was like, that hit me, and you know, I was like, whoa, that's like, is there something that maybe we're all doing? You know, there's something that we're not giving people permission to be able to express themselves in a way that they like, is their honest expression of what God's doing in their life? I wonder sometimes where they're like ringleaders of these nine, right? These nine guys that kept going. Maybe a couple more were saw the guy go into return, and they looked like, oh, maybe, and then they were like, no, no. That's not, that's not what we do. We go and we fulfill the, the practices that we're supposed to do. We just do our thing, right? And, and so, like, are we able to be able to? I want us to be a place where you can express whatever God is doing in you. And, and sometimes it's just this sort of apathy thing. You know, I think even for, just for us, at least in our culture, there's like this sort of like, uh, it's just cool to just be whatever, you know? Just like, whatever, you know, yeah, whatever, it's no big deal, you know, like just nothing's a big deal, we're always just flat, and, and I, I, I don't want that to be something that's about us, because when we switch that question to why did the nine turn back, we switch that to ourselves, like is there anything holding us back from fully expressing that kind of gratitude to God, like how, how are we being held back, is it that sort of apathy? Is it that sort of whatever thing? Is it that awkward thing of not wanting to be someone that stands out? You know, it's like you don't want to be that person that, that takes something from lighthearted to serious. Have you ever just been like in a conversation where you have a group of your friends and you're just talking about sort of nothing? You're talking about sports or you're just making silly jokes or whatever and you're just kind of having this like very sort of nothing conversation. And then there's that person that then is like, transitions you all of a sudden to something deep and serious and everybody's like whoa what just happened right and like sometimes like that's actually really good that they're doing that but for some reason that does make us stand out and we don't like often want to stand out and and so this sort of gratefulness thing expressing our gratefulness to god does maybe make us stand out and we're not comfortable with that Uh, again too there's this thing i think that we think with this that that we deserve good things or that, that God is supposed to be good, right? God's supposed to do the good things. So when good things happen in my life, I'm sort of like whatever about it because that's what's supposed to happen. But when bad things happen, all of a sudden then I'm angry. 
I'm expressing lots of emotion. I'm a real emotional person when like bad things happen in my life and I'm angry with God and I'm angry at why, why is this stuff happening to me? You know, but then when we're blessed, we're just like, yeah, yeah, God, finally you're doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, and so like we need to be able to express our honest emotion. And I think it's okay to express our honest emotion when we're, when we're upset, when things are, are going wrong, to be honest with God about that but also to express that when things are going great, right? To be thankful for the blessings and the miracles that God is doing in our life. And so that's, I I just encourage us that we can't be so focused on the next thing that we forget to thank God for what's happening now, right? That we get so focused on what's next, we forget to thank him for what he has done and what's happening now in our life. And so sort of the next framing question for us to think about today is this. When was the last time we stopped and thought about the difference that Jesus has made in our lives? I think that we are more thankful people when we stop and think about what has God done in my life? How has he healed me? How has he changed me? How has he saved me? And we look back and we remember, and then our heart of gratitude can come as we look back. Because it's, it's just so easy for us to forget what God has done, you know? And I thought I'd just like share a couple little stories for me about things like, uh, like this, just ways that, that I would look back and think, you know, man, I can't believe I could forget that. It's so big. And there's a couple of these stories are, uh, maybe if you come here a lot, there might be stories that you've heard. Maybe you haven't heard these stories. And either way, I think they're good enough uh, to tell and uh, to talk about over and over. Uh, one is, uh, when I was born, uh, interesting, like my parents uh, had, they got married when they were 19, had their first child when they were 20, had their second child when they were 21. And then uh, they were told after my sister was born, uh, when they were 21, that they couldn't have children anymore. And so for the next 20 years, they believed the doctors when they said that. And then my mom got pregnant with me. And uh, it's kind of crazy. And I think about if that happened to me, I would probably cry, not tears of joy. But, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and that's probably what they thought as well. And it's okay. I'm, I've, I've processed through that. Uh, but... But with all of that, it's, um, you know, I'm sure like that was that kind of shock. And then you go through the time of the pregnancy and they've come to this point of thinking, yes, okay, you know, like God's, God's blessed us and they're, they're ready. And then I'm born. And then really, really shortly after that, I was diagnosed with leukemia, uh, cancer of the blood. And think of that. Like, you've gone through all of that, right? 20 years of not being able to have children. And then this this baby's born and you've gone through all this like what's happening to us and then to happiness and then that you just get this hammer dropped on you of cancer in your baby well uh my parents they 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 talked to the elders of their church and the elders of the church came and they came to that little hospital bed where i was and they anointed me with oil, and they laid their hands on me, and they prayed over me. And um, in that next round of testing, there was no, no sign of cancer. There was no sign of cancer at all. And God healed me. You know, it's crazy. And yeah, amen. 
And I remember having to go. I had to go all the time to get this blood work, and it was, I just hated it. And I had to get blood work every year all throughout my childhood and just because they couldn't believe it. Like, no, this can't happen, right? We need to keep checking because it's probably going to come back. And it never came back. And I, it's so easy for me to forget to not even think about this amazing, incredible thing that God has done in my life. And for me just to be like, yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? I'm having a hard time paying my bills this month. I'm upset, you know? And it's like, stop and think, what has God done? You know, and then there's this, this, this other thing of uh, my mom. My mom has Alzheimer's, and it's awful, okay? It's, Alzheimer's is the worst. It's one of the great evils in this world. I hate it. And uh, I knew I was gonna. <laughs> it's always hard when I talk about my mom with this, and she's my mom, you know. And <clears throat> I feel like because of what's happening here, my mom can't speak, she can't walk, she can't feed herself, she can't go to the bathroom. She has recognition, but she doesn't. She can't express uh, the way this has affected her, and it's been kind of declining over these last six years or so. And you know, I feel like. I've been robbed. I've been robbed of the most wise person I know. And, and I can't talk to her. I can't hear her. Like, it's, it's awful, right? And, uh, and, and it just is. It just is awful. But I, I, I remember about, I think it was like 18 years ago now, where my mom was diagnosed with this heart disease, this problem with her heart. And it was this problem where her heart was, I, I'm not going to speak into all the science of it well, but just her heart was essentially dying. And, the, and, and she was dying because of it. And I remember that the, the doctors said to us, you know, what, what you should hope for is that, you know, is that this certain number, and they said you should hope that that number stays the same because that number can't get bigger. It can't get better. Just hope and pray that it stays the same. And I remember just falling on my uh on the floor in my bedroom and just crying out to god and praying and we're just asking so many people to be praying for my mom and and just praying so hard god heal her heal her of this and uh, it was it was incredible it was incredible to see that as time was going along the number got bigger like it, it got bigger. It wasn't supposed to get bigger. Our prayers are supposed to be, God, keep it the same. But the number got bigger and my mom got better. And my mom was experiencing this incredible healing in her heart. And it's like so awesome. And so like what's interesting and like what I was trying to think about was this whole thing of, you know, now with this Alzheimer's, it's awful. But it's so easy for them for me to forget that God healed my mom's heart, Right? And I'm not just trying to say like, oh, God did good things. Don't feel bad ever. That's not what I'm saying. But do we stop and thank God for these incredible things that he's done? Or are we only looking at what we're in, like, what's in front of us right now? Or what's the next thing? Because I think we can just be consumed and think that God's not fair, right? I can be like, God's, God's mean. God is evil. God's not fair that he would let my mom have this Alzheimer's. I could say that. And just be ignoring the fact that God healed me of leukemia and healed my mom's heart. All of that. And just be not thankful for any of it if I'm only focused on what's ahead. Because we just tend to be so focused 
on the next. And I want to encourage us to be people who don't have that kind of a, that destination disease. Like everything's going to be good once I get there. Once I get that next house, once I get that next car, once I get that next job, once that next thing happens. And so I want us just to even watch a little video about this sort of uh, uh, a thing that is very common for us. So check it out. Lord, cure us of our addiction, waiting for the next season of life to think we're good enough, waiting for the next number on the scale to say we're okay enough, waiting for the next dream. the next house, the next step up, the next bend in the road that finally makes us feel we've arrived at contentment. Forgive us, Lord, for our waiting room addiction. Addicted to always thinking we're in a waiting room counting down the days till we enter real life when real life is happening right now and you are the one waiting for us to give you thanks for the miracle of now wake us up out of our waiting room addiction I'm 25 days thankful for our baby's laughter I'm 15 days thankful that who I am is enough and cure us with thanksgiving I'm three months thankful for where I'm living right now. I'm 45 days thankful for my life now. Show us how we have room in our lives to give you thanks right now. I'm three weeks thankful that I have a job to provide for my family. I'm one day thankful for the gift of now. So it's a tough addiction to overcome, right? It's that addiction to that next. And so we want to be thankful for what God is doing in our lives now. And we want to be thankful for the salvation that he has worked in our lives. That greatest miracle of the the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ with great victory over sin. And and that has given us that. So let's remember our salvation. It's kind of interesting even as we look into this story of this leper where it says... You know, in the very last verse, Jesus says, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. It's also been translated uh, other times, or it also means your faith has saved you. We see that in, in some other stories in Matthew 9, 22 and Luke 18, where uh, the same sort of thing in these healing moments, your faith has saved you. And, and then there's this key phrase. If you look, you got your Bibles, look at verse 15. And it's just that key phrase, that key word of turned back okay he turned back what's interesting with that phrase is it's this same word really that's used in a in matthew 18 3 where jesus says truly i say to you unless you are converted and become like children you will not enter the kingdom of heaven it's this same root word that's used in acts 319 where it says therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the lord 
And so these words here, turn back, could really reflect, and that your faith has saved you, reflect that more than the spiritual could be happening here. That there's a spiritual saving for this one leper. That this leper has, has maybe found salvation. And so I ask you, like, have you turned back to Jesus Turn from your sin, turn to him, and, and really with a thankful heart, just remember all of what he has done for you. And it's, it's even interesting to think, like, do we equate, like, the, our, the suffering from our sin with the physical suffering of the leper, right? Like, or, or do we think of that physical suffering that he was healed from as somehow more miraculous than the fact that, that he's saved, right, from his sins, and that in our own life as well. And you think about even uh, other stories of uh, back in, in Luke 7 where this woman is just falling at Jesus' feet again and anointing him with oil and wiping his feet with her, uh, her perfumes and wiping his feet with her hair and this incredible story. And, and Jesus says, for this reason I say to you, her sins which are many have been forgiven for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. I think this leper's passionate response comes from knowing he's healed of much. That there's something more going on than even just the physical. Uh, and that out of the ten lepers, nine found healing and one found Jesus. And that's, I think, the greatest gift of all is that he found Jesus. And so then that leads us then to this last framing question is, how then should we express our gratitude to God? And I love just being able to look at this then. How do I express that thankfulness? Well, let's look at how he does. This guy is, is amazing. As you see on the screen, that he turned back, right? First of all, we talked about that. Turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. It's unashamed, it's passionate. He has this loud, worshiping him with a loud voice. And then he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus. It's pretty cool too right here with, with that part. Because remember before he had to stand at a distance shouting, have mercy on us. But now as he's healed, he falls right at the feet of Jesus. And he gives thanks to him. These are pretty emotional, passionate expressions of gratitude to God that this guy is, is doing. And so these are postures for us, you know, or these are, are, are ways for us to look at, look at and consider for ourselves. How do we turn back for this, this repentance, this repenting of our heart and bringing those sins even before God is a way and then glorifying God with that loud voice. How can we do that? How can we kind of get beyond our own insecurities and, you know, and nervousness and even some of our, like, just the ways that we feel that we're made, but say, God, I want to express to you, no matter what, no matter if I'm a shy person or whatever, I want to express my gratitude. I'm going to express it in my own way. And as he falls on his face, and this isn't just sort of this, like, you know, high-fiving Jesus. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for that healing work. All right, and just kind of moving on. Like, this is, this is deep. This is intense. This is passionate. And so I encourage us that, that even as we worship, even as we give thanks to God for who he is and what he's done, you know, this isn't kind of an arms folded and, you know, sort of singing a little bit and, 
you know, like, wonder is it, what's, when's lunch? Like, what are we going to do after this? How long is this guy going to keep talking? You know, that sort of a thing. You know, but like really engaging with Jesus, really entering into that kind of passionate worship and thankfulness. And, and a couple just even little ideas or things to think about, uh, even that were announced earlier in the service is, like the whole Thanksgiving Day service, actual Thanksgiving Day service that we do here at 10 o'clock that day. What's cool is this is basically like a, a preparation sermon for that. Because what that day is supposed to be is not a day for you to come and listen to a sermon. It's a day for you to come prepared to say thank you to God for something. And so we want you to be able to express your thankfulness to God there. And to start that day off that way. And then... And then even the the Thanksgiving weekend Sunday where it's that baptism service uh, where we have these people who are just expressing the stories of how God has changed them and healed them and forgiven them. It's such an awesome expression of all of what God has done in our lives and looking back at those times that God has changed us. And then, you know, I think another way that we can, can do this is to share our gratitude with other people. And uh, so what I'd like just to encourage you, if you'd be willing to do, is to take just one minute. We'll just take one minute or something like that. And just to think right now, what am I thankful for? What's some simple thing I am thankful for to God? I think if we can express that to other people, like that can just help us to our heart to be a heart of gratitude as we share that with others. And so I'd ask you even now, just turn to somebody that's around you for one minute, each of you then, you know, share what's one thing that you're thankful to God for in your life. Go for it. All right. All right, I hate to break it up because being thankful is an easy thing to talk about, I think, and it's a good thing. So I encourage you to continue to be able to talk about that with people even as you go today. Maybe begin the season of Thanksgiving now of expressing those things you're thankful for. And so we want to be like this leper that turned back. We want to remember how God has changed us. We want to thank him for it. And so our way of responding today is just I want to encourage you first Spend some time just reflecting a little bit on how has God brought healing in my life? How has, remembering how God has set you free from your sin. You know, like just remember that. Look back first. And then as you've looked back then, let's worship God passionately and thank Him for what He has done in our life. And as we'll have a a, a time of singing coming up, as we have that, that time of singing, we'll have uh, the opportunity to receive prayer at this prayer point so that you can come and people can pray for you about whatever you got going on in your life, large or small, whatever it is, you can receive prayer there. You also have a chance to come and worship through remembering the work of Jesus Christ on the cross through a communion, and we remember his death as we eat of the bread that he gave his body for us, as we drink from the cup, we remember that he shed his blood for us. And we're, we're thankful for that. And then uh, we have also the chance of the buckets at all the stations to, to give, to give of our offerings and to, to worship God that way. And so I want to even encourage you, as you give, make that an act of worship, even an act of gratitude for all that God has done for you. Not a religious duty, but an act of worship and gratitude to God who has given everything for us. So let's do that. Let's pray now and let's sing and worship passionately. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
We thank you so much for the healing work that you have done in each one of us. Lord, for the spiritual healing that has taken place in our lives. I pray, God, that that you would just even help remind us now of the ways that you have changed us, the ways that, that you have saved us and healed us, God. And may we all have hearts of gratitude and thanksgiving and be able, Lord, work in each of us. Help us learn how we can express that to you more. And make a, may we be followers of you just like this leper, God. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.